Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Brandon Laws, but today I'm going to step aside. Yep. Angela Perkins, who has guest hosted for us in the past, she's going to take the seat and interview Jennifer Powers, who is a coach, a speaker, and a best-selling author of the book, O-Shift, How to Change Your Life with a Little and Shift. Jennifer helps people speak their truth, be a powerful leader. She helps them tap into their strengths, tame their ego, which is what this podcast is all about helps them be in flow, and so much more than that. You can learn more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferpowers.com. In this episode, Angela Perkins talks with Jennifer about whether our ego is our friend or foe and how we might be able to leverage our ego in personal interactions. We haven't really done anything like this topic on the podcast, so we thought, who better than Angela to deliver content like this to you guys. This is a very unique subject. I think you're really going to love what uh, Angela and Jennifer talk about. And I encourage you to go grab a notepad because there's a lot of good takeaways that you can use in your personal and work life. If you liked what you heard today, please go over to Apple Podcasts if you listen that way. Give us a five-star review um, or feel free to reach out to us if you have any feedback. Email addresses in the show notes. You can also tweet at us at ZeniumHR or me at Brandon Laws. Enjoy the episode. Jennifer, I am so excited to have you part of the show. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, you have been on my mind to do a topic like this ever since we had a conversation along the lines of ego, friend or foe. So I am really excited to share the message with the audience. And, you know, folks that are listening, if you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the true purpose of the human ego, you probably are thinking, well, ego is bad. And if you've ever said the words, uh, she has an ego, it's not intended to be a compliment. But You know, Jennifer's here to tell us a little something about ego, and I want to hear from you specifically, friend or foe. Jennifer, is the ego a good thing? Do we all have it? What's what's the story there? (laughs) Well, diving right in. First of all, thank you for bringing this to the attention of others, because I I have worked with so many people who have gotten so much out of it, and uh, I do want to say that this is my my own personal impression of the ego. So there's nothing like scientific. I'm not <laughs> pretending that this is the the ultimate truth. You know, this is just one way of many ways that people can look at the ego. Got it. Good. Right, good. good. 
good position for us all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it, if it serves you, the listener, great. And if not, toss it. You know, I always say take what serves you, leave behind what doesn't. Yeah. So for me, in my experience of my own self-reflection and working with so many clients through my coaching, it's like the ego definitely exists in everyone. And I like to say it is an equal half of our whole and um, it's a necessary half. We depend on our ego 100% for survival. That's the way I look at it. It is an important element, important essential part of us for our survival in so many ways. Right, Angela? Mm -hmm. And so because we are survivors and we're con con continually to evolve as even better and better survivors as humans, uh, the ego is very important yeah. and present. But wouldn't you agree that when you talk about ego, particularly in the professional environment, so at work, for example, mm -hmm. ego doesn't typically, it's not presented the way you just described it? No, because there's there's a way you can look at it that the ego through, you know, tainted glasses, meaning it, it's an ugly thing, or you can look at it as, like I said, an essential thing. So there, you will see a manifestation of the ego in the terms that people use it as a negative at work all the time. But you'll also see the ego in the terms that I'm speaking of it, most likely in yourself first, mm -hmm. you'll see that presence, and then you'll be able to see it in others. But it is definitely different, Angela, than the the ego that we've all heard, like, oh, he's got so much ego, or oh, that's so egoic, you know, big ego. It's not so much that. This is more the utilitarian definition of ego. Sure. That makes sense. So in your book, O Shift, which is available on Amazon and a really great, fast, fun read, you mm -hmm. specifically say, surrender your ego, trust yourself. So this mm -hmm. is where it's that two halves of a whole piece that you're talking yeah. about. Talk to me a little bit more about what you're intending with that statement. Yeah. So sometimes because we are all about staying secure, protecting ourselves, you know, self-preservation, um, staying safe in um, a place that's comfortable, not stretching ourselves. Our ego helps us do all that. And so if people want to be bigger, better, um, wiser, um, bolder, then sometimes they have to put that protective ego aside for a second and let the other half of themselves sing, it's like mm -hmm. I say, like let the other half sing. And that other half is that one that just goes for it, you know, is sort of with like a bit of reckless abandon where they they just know that joy and success and mm, anything is possible, but they don't have that that side, you know, the self doesn't have the side that the ego has, which is protective. And that's why I say they balance each other. But what happens is when we're playing small, when we stay small, we're really only listening to our ego because our ego wants us to stay safe. Remember, its goal is survival. And so it'll look for the dark. It'll look for the worst case scenario, right? It'll look for why you shouldn't take that leap um, because it really does have your best interests involved when it comes to protecting you. The self just wants to just bounce up and down and take the leap and go for it. And um, sometimes we have to let that part of ourselves unleashed, you know? So ego is the great protector. I mean, that's a very positive way to think about something that is really not generally known as a positive. 
Yes. And when you think about it, I mean, like anything that is positive can turn negative, right? So anything in excess, like Mm -hmm. the ego, can turn negative. So if you are finding someone who is egoic in sort of the negative way, it's probably them just being very protective or very fearful. Ego, in my opinion, is based in fear. So that fear makes them act a certain way. But really, underneath it all, they're just trying to practice a little self-preservation. So, I mean, on that end, you're a professional coach. How do you coach this if we have listeners right now saying, gosh, not only am I experiencing, I'm seeing now this other part of me and and I want to be watchful and mindful of when the ego's at play because it's really holding me back and protecting me. Thank you very much for the protection, but I don't want to be protected right now. How do you coach folks and how can our listeners coach the people around them and even themselves around, I guess, awareness? Really, it starts there. Well, yeah, you just um, you just took probably the listener who this is new for from zero to 60, just in that in that awareness that you already have, which is brilliant and really well said. Um, So let's just go back and baby step it for a second. It's first is really the understanding that there are potentially again, I'm offering this as something for you to play with in your minds that there are two distinct parts of you and those parts are equally important and that they will show up in any given moment based on what it is you're trying to achieve or accomplish, protection or advancement, success, right, whatever. So first of all, the awareness that that they're, we're split down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this, I like to take clients through this observation period, sort of like not trying to do anything with them, but just really be a student of themselves to observe the the presence of ego, the presence of self, when one gets to have a louder voice, when the other one gets sort of, you know, pushed down um, or, I don't know, it's just more submissive. Just observe the tendency of the ego and the tendency of the self. That's all really you can do in the beginning because there's so many different nuances and intricacies. It's just like, oh my, you'll be like amazed, right? At like mm-hmm. watching once you know, you know, how to call it out. It's like, oh my gosh. And the best part about that is when you shine a light on something, nothing can live in the shadow, right? Mm-hmm. There's no darkness. When you shine the light, it's like, oh, ego, I see you. And when you can see something, that's the first step to being able to obviously acknowledge it and thereafter change it. Sure. So you have to be able to to observe it and study it first. What do you say to the listener right now that's saying, "No, I observe it in everyone else, but I don't. I don't have that problem." Well, I would say bullshit because <laughs> that is not, that is the easy. And, you know, and I would say I would also say um, I think that's not that is not necessarily true. Um, I think we deflect a lot of what we don't want to look at in ourselves. I know I do this. Mm-hmm. I've done this many times. I've caught myself doing this, picking on someone else's faults so that I don't have to look at my own. Right? Sure, sure. That is pure ego, by the way, because the ego just wants to protect us. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not make us want to change or do something uncomfortable, right? So I would say to that person, check in just a little bit and just sort of um, highlight that as an opportunity to recognize your ego at play. Right. The, the, that statement or, or thought itself as the yeah. observation. Sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So we've, we've observed or we've understood that there's two. We've now observed it. 
Yeah. What's after that? Yeah. So then you hit on something. Um, you said, thank you, ego. Thank you very much. Once you acknowledge that the ego exists and the self exists, um, there is an opportunity to show gratitude for it. And the reason you want to show gratitude for it, and, and if you think about your relation building, relationship building with others, you can get so much more leverage and so much further with someone when you show gratitude to them. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So the same thing goes with yourself. You have to not like want to rip apart and, you know, shoot down your ego. You have to actually, in order for it to work with you, I think it's a great practice to show appreciation for it. And you can do that by not criticizing it when you see it arise, right? Um, not judging it, just acknowledging it. And then when you're acknowledging it, then you can show gratitude for it. Thank you so much for keeping me safe. It's exactly what you said. Thank you so much for looking out for me. I really appreciate you. I know what you're up to. You're awesome. Thank you. And some people do that in the form of like a letter, to their ego. Some people, I've had clients who sit their ego down next to them. Some people give their ego a name. Some have drawn it, <laughs> a picture of it. Um, and they, they can either write a letter to it or speak to it and then just really appreciate it. When you can appreciate your ego, now you, you've opened up space to be able to work with it. Because remember, you can't be very productive when there is stress and judgment and conflict you're always going to have more success and productivity when you're released of all that and you have acceptance and joy and calmness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know what I'm visualizing right now is those old cartoons that have the angel on one shoulder and the devil yes. on the other. It's, it's a yes. little bit like that. And you're listening to both sides and you're saying, I yep. see what you're trying to do here, but I really, I'm thinking this way. And so it's, it's funny to, Exactly. visualize it um, operating in that way. That's exactly, a, that's a beautiful uh, uh, visual. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very much what the way I see it. So how does this, you know, you often have the whole word insecurity tied again to this, oh, he has an ego, he must be insecure. There's then some truth to that, right? In, in the sense of fear of change, fear of risks, wanting to be safe, all of those kinds of things link and tie to insecurity. So yeah. it's not really all off base, some of the traditional ways that we think about ego. Right. And what I think might be more productive in, in the traditional way is to look at it as a good thing first so you can understand it mm -hmm. versus all nasty. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I, I mean, personally, that's really why I wanted you to be on the show is specifically around seeing the, the good side of ego and understanding the purpose. Because I think once you really understand why it's there, and then you, you do see there's value that comes out of listening to that voice every once in a while, or at least understanding where it's coming from. So yeah. um, you can kind of apply it. So on the show, we have mostly small to mid-sized business leaders. Um, so folks that are coaching and managing their own teams. And we have a lot of HR leaders that are kind of trying to guide overall cultures what do you say to that, to that? I mean, that's a very diverse group of people and it's very wide, but where do you, where does a company maybe start if they want to become more empowering for their workforce and they want leaders and managers to be really effective coaches for the direct reports that are coming out from underneath them? I mean, really, if I think about an entrepreneur, they would love risk-taking in their business for the most part. And if some of this is being held back because of fear and positioning 
and some of those types of things, what kind of work would you see being valuable aside from, of course, listening to this wonderful podcast? (laughs) Um, What are some other tools that you might give away to those that set of folks? So a couple of things come to mind. And one is to, I always say, model the behavior you hope to see in others, mm-hmm. right? So as you know, there's a tremendous trickle-down effect. Um, there always has been in leadership. Regardless of what leadership style someone embodies, there's always going to be people watching and acting or reacting accordingly. So modeling the behavior, and, and that is being able to recognize your ego when it is present, you know, understand why it is there and maybe how you can honor it and accept it and appreciate it and then maybe shift over to self, which perhaps, by the way, is a little bit more vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Ego is very protective, so it puts up its guns, right? Mm-hmm. Which can seem sort of hardcore. But the self, you know, can really say, hey, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on here. I've, I'm just, I'm just looking for, you know, a solution. Let's dive in, you know, like right. sort of that sort of vulnerable, vulnerable approach. And then the second thing that comes to mind, just sort of as a overall uh, cult, you know, culture cultivating practice would be acceptance, Mm. right? So when I say acceptance, it's sort of in the microcosm, it's accepting the ego, right? Like we talked about just now, but what if, what if you could cultivate a culture of acceptance where when people show up the way they show up with their ideas, with their idiosyncrasies, with their, you know, strengths and and drawbacks. What if there was just acceptance before anything else? If you could just practice non-judgment and yeah, just yeah. accept that's what's coming up for me. Yep. And so when you model that acceptance, when you can start to accept someone, they can more quickly begin to accept themselves. That's just basic, you know, human conditioning. When you are criticizing others, which, by the way, comes from ego and acceptance comes from self, when you're criticizing or judging, that person is very quick to bring out the ego because they need to protect themselves, right? They're feeling attacked. They feel criticized. So, of course, ego comes out. So if you want to keep ego at bay among your team or among your group or culture, the best thing you can do is practice acceptance. Right. I love that. It, yeah, that makes sense and, and totally connects to protective versus acknowledgement, all of those things that we've talked about today. So that's, that's really helpful. How, how is this, you're, you're a coach, so you work with clients that come to you to either break through something or rise to the next level, all, all of the different reasons folks go to a professional coach. How has this particular topic shown up for you, without names, of course, across your client base? I mean, is this a female thing? Is this a male thing? How does this show up in your, and, and is it a common conversation amongst everyone that you work with? Um, no, to that last question, actually, that's the first thing that comes to mind around this question is it comes up when there's a sense, I guess, I guess I intuit that the person can receive it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That if someone can receive this information, then I will bring it up. I will offer it as a possibility for discussion, but I won't like cram it down their throat. Like I'm not, um, in terms of, in terms of who I think, yes, I've spoken to it with men for sure. Men that are more, um, interested in that sort of dynamic of self. 
um, and self-awareness. But it's mostly women who suffer from um, what's very commonly called imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome is really a manifestation of someone playing small so that no one finds out that they're really undeserving of the role that they're in, right? So they, they continue to play small because imposter syndrome is that sneaking suspicion that one day they're going to be found out that they don't, they don't qualify to be in the position they're in. And so the ego is really at play there because constantly protecting. Protecting, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Interesting. And so just by nature, that imposter syndrome you see manifest itself a little bit more in female leaders over male, or you just end up in more conversations around it. Mm, Huh? (laughs) I I, I do think men have this, but not nearly as much as women. And I would say, honestly, 90% of the people I work with imposter syndrome are women, to be honest. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And one day that'll change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're out there um, one conversation at a time helping break that down because you can get on the other side of it. Any success stories you'd be willing to share just in terms of things that come off the top of your head that say, if there's somebody listening today saying, wow, I really want to do work around this. What is what is getting on the other side look like? And, and granted, we're never done um, with this kind of stuff. But what is mm-hmm. the acknowledgement kind of feel like once you get to that? stage. What does the acknowledgement feel like? So in other words, and, and when I, I, I love success stories, I love, so we once had a, I once had a client that this was their issue. They, they then went through the work around yeah. working through this. And then on the other side, boom, it all, does it come together? Does it like, it's constant work, no yeah. doubt about it, right? It's always, nice. and the ego's going to pop up forever and ever and ever. Your book actually talks to this a little bit just in terms Mm of um, exercising that muscle. And then Mm -hmm. you'll get a little bit more comfortable recognizing that protection mode coming out. But what what are some fun um, or even just a fun story where you've really seen breakthrough? Um, So one comes to mind and she was a high level school administrator who was truly, truly under the impression that she did not deserve to be where she was. And that came from things that, you know, her mom said to her, her dad said to her. These are deeply rooted beliefs that mm-hmm. truly needed to be reprogrammed. And so when she discovered the possibility of recognizing the ego and the self, she was astonished. I mean, it was like a light bulb that went on for her um, that from that conversation onward, she could not not see the ego at play. Mm-hmm. And so because she was so she became so hyper aware that it was it was like I always I always say, Angela, it's like um, when you keep seeing something, there's only so long you can see it until you get to a point where you're like, I can't see that anymore. <laughs> right. right. I don't want to see that anymore. So I'm going to change it. And I think that was her process. She was so tired of watching her ego make her play small yeah. or help her play small, right? That she was just done. But you know what? She couldn't get there until she understood the dynamic that was at play. So when she understood the design, that the ego was doing its work and really really playing hard. I mean, I remember one time she said to me, um, she's a high level, you know, professional. Mm -hmm. And she was at this banquet once and, um, she was with a peer, you know, same level. And then one level above, let's say it was a superintendent. I don't know what it was. And, um, she said, Jennifer, I found myself 
clearing the dishes, like clearing the plates, you know, or getting them more coffee. Right. And she said, I, I just felt like I needed to do that. And we dived in like, what was that about? What is it about that you feel like you need to be a servant? Right. And of of course it was the ego, you know, making yourself seem valuable. And then she realized, but that's not the way I want to be seen as valuable. I want to be seen valuable in the job, in the profession that I'm really good at. And so she thanked her ego, right? Instead of getting mad at it, she thanked her ego and said, thank you so much. She, she wrote a letter. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the work that you do to keep me, you know, valuable and useful in the eyes of others. I'm looking for you to help me with ways that you can help me be valuable in my career, you know, right, right. It was just so brilliant because she didn't say like some other clients have said, "Sit down, I got this." You know, right. she was saying, "Hey, I, thanks for this, but can you help me with this instead?" <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Really great. Redirect the work. Yes, that's it's a true educator really... right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's great. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. I think the listeners are going to appreciate just again, for me, when we originally had this conversation, it was very much about reframing ego against all of the negative connotation that it had just in growing up and in and phrases that are tossed around culturally. So it it was really great for me personally, and I've shared it over and over, as I mentioned to you before we started recording. And I just love that we've been able to kind of get that understand observe, acknowledge the gratitude that just the awareness of it out there so that folks, I mean, really people that we work with every day, they want to be better. And that's ultimately what most individuals that come to work want to be better. And um, the people that we coach and mentor and manage want that same thing. So as we can bring this out, um, I really encourage listeners to check out the book on Amazon, O Shift by Jennifer Powers. Check it out. There's some great stuff in here. It's not just about ego. It's really about changing your life with just shifting how you think about things and look at the world. Um, A really great read. So Jennifer, thank you so much again for your time and your words. And everybody can check you out. How do they find you? Uh, Well, you can go to check out my coaching at jenniferpowers.com or you can check out more about the book and the O-Shift movement at oshift.com. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.